Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on about 100 other podcasts, <laughs> including his own show, the How About Them podcast. That's a little promotion for you. How do you like that? I, I like it. I really do. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So, Landon, how are you doing tonight? You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm ready to talk some football. and We're getting close, Marcus. I mean, this is we're through the, the dress rehearsal. We got a fourth game coming up for some young guys and, and some – Houston proceeds, hopefully, but uh, we're we're inching closer and closer to the regular season, so we, we're getting serious now. A week from Thursday is the first game of the NFL season. That's it, that just seems insane. That, yeah, we're we're already back into it. Yeah. All right. So on today's show, we're going to be taking your Twitter questions on this Twitter Wednesday, Web Wednesday. I couldn't come up with a good name, so we're just going to go with the. Answer your questions on Twitter edition of the Locked On Of Cowboys Wednesdays, podcast. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like Web Wednesday. Um, sure, that works, whatever. We've got a, yeah, yeah. We've got a ton of good questions to get to. Lots of trade questions, some roster construction. Um, I, I love this first one. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to ask me one. We'll go back and forth. It's going to be pretty easy to follow. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first one from Dwayne. Uh, will the coaching staff be on the hot seat if the season doesn't break well? So I'm going to throw my own little thing in there. Let's say the Cowboys go 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. Will they be on the hot seat or maybe should they be on the hot seat? Um, you know, look, I, I, think that's, I think that's really tough to answer even with that level of specifics because, it, I mean, how did it happen? Like, did Dak – did Dak go out for the season and, 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 you know, we were forced with Kellen Moore for the rest of the year or, 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 you know, Cooper Rush, if, if all things break well, um, you know, I, th- I think it's tough to say. I mean, I tend to think that it would probably take, I mean, it it would, it would take a lot. I think, I mean, they would have to be, uh, healthy and, um, and still just, uh, extremely underperform uh to a level that Mm -hmm. i I can't imagine them really doing so i i mean i think if if they were healthy and there were no like legitimate reasons as to what you know why their season got sunk so bad and they just were poor uh then then maybe they would be on the hot seat for the next season a little bit but i really doubt it i i mean i think that I think that the Cowboys have kind of learned their lesson that continuity has value, and uh, and I think that they, um, I think specifically for Jason Garrett, he's such a, um, he's he's such Jerry Jones's kind of like 
personal hire, you know, and like, and, and mm-hmm. he really seems invested in Jer- in making Jason work, even w- through, you know, there were times when it felt like he was ridiculously on the hot seat. I, I just, I think that it would take a lot, in my in my opinion. Right. So like you said, I think it kind of depends on how the season goes along. Like, it, it, if they start out one and seven, one and eight, maybe. I, but I kind of agree. I think. I think Jason Garrett is the type of coach that Jerry Jones wants. I, I'm kind of on the record of being just on the fence of Jason Garrett. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach, um, but I don't think like they want to move on. Yeah, I, I don't think there are. I don't think they want to move uh, Jason Garrett anytime soon because the other thing is who's out there to replace him that you know for sure is better. I don't see it. Um, I. I think Garrett's going to be the coach for a long time in Dallas. I do too. I don't see, I don't, the things that make Jason Garrett a good coach uh, are are probably the things that are not going to allow this team when healthy to go that bad of a record. In my opinion. Correct. Correct. All right. So uh, we got a good one from a uh, good friend, Jonah Tolls who asked, uh, will Xavier Woods be a starter by mid season? I mean, as much as I want to say yes, I think the the right answer is no. Um, I know Jeff Kavanaugh and everybody else is kind of they're yelling at me as I say that, but I think Dallas typically likes to uh, play these guys in limited roles and then you know in their second and third year uh, ramp up their snaps. I think Woods could be a contributor in their you know sometimes they play the three safety sets that we saw last year um, on nickel situations. Sometimes you use them in big nickel. I like Woods, but at the same time, is he for sure better than Kevon Frazier right now? Because Frazier's having a heck of a training camp in preseason. Um, I like Frazier in the box. I'm just not so, so sure that they want to throw a six-round rookie you know, onto the field when they're playing Aaron Rodgers and uh, Kirk Cousins and all those type of quarterbacks. I mean, I could see – you know, and this kind of goes into – I. You know, and I love Jonah because this is a great question. But at the same time, like to me, like what's a starter? I mean, you know, like I mean, the guy so, that goes out in the base defense—that's the strong safety. That, that that I mean, is that who Xavier Woods is trying to take the job of, or or is the guy that he is the that he's putting on? They're putting on the fi- him on the field specifically in nickel packages, which is you know makes up more than sixty percent of your you know snaps, more than likely. You know, I, I think it's tough to say. I mean, it, it really depends on, you know, like I just said, what you mean by starter. But um, I think that that kind of similar to what you said, that I think there's a good chance that, that he's going to get a, see a lot of snaps without being necessarily a starter. And I think if you're talking about taking that specifically that box safety role, if we're talking about Barry Church's, you know, job essentially from last year that currently seems to be occupied by uh, 38, I, I just feel like, I feel like Frazier is probably yes a better box safety, but I don't know that that in, ends up meaning that he's going to play more snaps than Xavier Wood this season. I mean, right. I think that all depends on you know defensive deployment and that sort of thing. So I think to answer his question, I think Xavier Woods is going to be on the field a lot uh, early in the season, and, and yeah, definitely by midseason and late in the season as well. I think he could do that J.J. Wilcox type of role yeah. as well. They put him in that situation, and I don't think it's going to be right away because. 
I mean, the fact of the matter is he missed a lot of time in training camp with an injury. So he's got some catching up to do. They know what they've got in their top three. Maybe by the end of the season, you're seeing him play 40, 50 percent of the snaps. But, yeah, I kind of agree. It's it, it, We probably won't see him very much to start the season. All right, this next one from at Sirius Troggers. Quite a handle. Quite. And this is a great question because I know you've been dealing with this all on Twitter. Is Taco Charlton showing real improvement or is it more of a result of poor tackle play? I mean, it's this is like the Leo Collins thing, man. It's going to kill me. Um, it... it <laughs> Yeah, def- Taco is definitely showing real improvement. I mean, I, I think that's clear. Like, I think there is definitely. I think <laughs> here's what people can't seem to separate. That's that's crazy to me. Is that it's possible to think that somebody is showing improvement, and also possible for them to think that the sack that he got <laughs> against that tackle, who clearly didn't look like he was ready for the play wasn't exactly a sign of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I I I, right. I I got roasted by a lot of people on Twitter because my you know, the thing I pointed out was that Taco's sack against that guy was a lot more to do with the, the offensive tackles terrible set in that particular set, that particular play, than it did you know, some leap in pass rush pro- progress that he's shown. Um, you know, some people were trying to point that out as like, oh, look at look how much he's increased his explosion. I mean, like that's that's not what he didn't just increase his explosion from like, you know, a week ago. Like it it, it what he's done well, what he has improved well is with his handwork. He's the timing of when he's throwing the moves, knowing what he's doing, understanding leverage, all those things he's gotten better at. And, and I think he's gonna. Do you know he's going to help you out this year? There's uh, there's no doubt he's he's improving week to week just like most rookies do, and he's improving at a very solid rate for a, for a guy at his position, which where it's tough to to come into the league as a pass rusher. But again, like I think the important thing here is to give these guys credit where the credit is due, but at the same time, don't just willy nilly hand out credit for stuff that they didn't necessarily do. And, and at the same time, I think it's important to also identify when these guys actually have issues, have have problems, and 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 point them out. And I, I think with Taco, his explosion is you know not what is g- going to help him win. Like that's just it's just not like right. he's he's going to win with leverage. He's going to win with eventually with technique you, combined with leverage and maybe a speed to power. But but he's never probably never going to be that you know screaming around the edge pass rusher. And 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 ultimately that's okay. I mean I, I think that there's a lot of people who've got upset, including me, that that they didn't necessarily get that guy. But that doesn't mean that Taco can't avail himself as a pass rusher in other ways. He's just not like fully developed yet, and 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 all of that is accepted and okay, I think. And I, I think people are looking too much into criticism of Taco Charlton as assigning bust label to him, which nobody should be doing at this point. Oh, absolutely not. And the thing, the thing I always laugh about is, for some reason, and maybe this is a Twitter thing, but. For some reason, speed sacks count more in the minds. You know, they they count for more than you know power or technique sacks. So just because you know somebody will tweet out a nice gif of you know somebody running around the edge, and you know Twitter gets all excited about that. But there's different ways to produce in the NFL, and Taco is going to do it a different way. And I think he's going to be fine. I 
was his sack a result of poor play? Absolutely. Like, like you mentioned, it was, it was but, just bad but, tackle play. But, but, but just but, that but play, that, you know, it's not like the, his all his progress right. is 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 right. because he got that sack. Like his progress is, sure. is more than just one play, and I think that's where people are having problems. It feels like is. But yeah, and I've got some news for you though. There's going to be some bad tackle play that Taco yeah. is going to see this year. He's going to see a bad tackle in week one. So, is there a chance that that same thing happens in week one? Sure. So, listen, I just think I think we're actually pretty calm when it comes to Taco. I think you've come around on Taco a little bit. Is is that fair to say? I don't know that I've come around as much as I've gotten past what they've. Uh, I've I've felt the same about Taco throughout this process honestly i felt about i felt differently about how why and you know the reasoning behind why they drafted him and that i feel like i've definitely come around on that because i now that he's in and i'm starting to hear more about what their idea their thought process is about you know i I think their idea is that they needed to get a guy who they knew could give them at the very least, could give them good snaps as a defensive end, and I think Taco, like we all have said, had a floor coming in that was probably higher than the guys that you and I, or maybe not you, but other people and I, wanted to right. to come in and play. And I think that I think that they went safe, which makes sense when you consider how much they've busted out by taking risks. So. I understand the reasoning part. I have definitely come around on because I've, you know, just I've let it sunk in a little bit more. I thought about it. I don't love the pick. I still probably would go back and change things a little bit, but that doesn't mean I don't like Taco or think Taco is going to be good or think that Taco is a bust. I, I, I just think that I think that Taco is is I, I, I guess maybe where I've come around is that I am now a feeling like that I'm the guy who's preaching more patience with taco where I didn't right. feel like that was going to be my role necessarily. So, but I definitely think he deserves some patience. I think he's going to be a good player. I just don't know that it's going to be necessarily right away. Let's pause for a second to tell you about our friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Listen, guys, I'm I'm really encouraging you all to go out, to live in the Dallas area, to go to the Cowboys preseason game against the Texans. I know it's not a great game, but all the proceeds from the tickets are being donated to help the people out in Houston. Go to SeatGeek, get your t- tickets. I believe all the tickets are $25. Go to the game, help out the cause. Um, just download the SeatGeek app um, and look for your tickets. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That means if you're signing up today, it would be just $5 to go to that game. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, Landon, you're up. Give me a question. All right, we got one from Don Ray who says, what could you trade Cooper Rush for right now? What could I trade him or what would I trade him for? Because I think the what would I trade him for would be is a little bit more interesting because I've thought about this. He asked um, could, but you answered however you like. All right. Well, okay, so 
Well, I give it, give me, that, a, give me a could too, because I mean, do you, right. honest, do you, real quick, do you honestly think that you're going to get a lot for Cooper Rush? I think I could get a day three pick back. Okay, just I like mean, in terms of picks. Okay, like, right. Yeah, I, I think I could get a, you know, maybe a fifth or sixth rounder back. Okay, but but talk about what, what you I, would go go for if if you know <sighs> reasonably, I would say. All right, so. I went. I'm a psycho. So I went back on my Twitter feed from last year, uh, before the Seattle game. Good lord, what? And I actually before <laughs> the Seattle game. Now listen, I went back for this reason because I remember tweeting this out uh, after Dak's first two preseason games. I asked, "Would you trade Dak for a first round pick right now?" Uh, I put up a poll, and the majority of people said yes. Now that kind of got me thinking. Uh, Cooper Rush has looked, I wouldn't say as good as Dak looked last year, but comparable. Um, do I think that Cooper Rush is going to be Dak? Of course not. But at the same time, finding competent quarterback play in the NFL is impossible. Uh, you just look around the backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and you'll see that Matt Castle is still a primary backup, and Brandon Whedon is still a backup quarterback. So for me to part with a young guy that has performed really well, that has a quarterback rating of 143 through four preseason games, I would think it would take at least a day two pick. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I yeah, I I think you're not going to get a day two pick. I I don't I just, no, you're not going to get. Yeah, no. I mean, I think the difference to me is, but in in what you asked up front, I guess being the difference between Dak and. Cooper Rush is pedigree. I think you you spent a fourth round pick on Dak Prescott, so I think you're asking price, and because also of his pedigree and a lot of other elements, increase his uh, trade value. Um, and even then, I would say that it was probably pretty, uh, pretty much a pipe dream that you were going to get a first round pick at that point with Dak sure. Prescott. I think I think I think that might be what you ask because you didn't want to give him up well, necessarily, but but I don't think that you were going to actually get a first round pick. Well, um, real quick, I remember I remember after that second game, I had another pull out. Would you trade Goff straight up for Prescott? This is just after two preseason games and the majority of people again said Goff. So I, I it's just that how much stock do you put into preseason? It is really what it comes down to. For me, I put a lot of stock into it because I mean, we don't get to see these quarterbacks on an NFL field, obviously, until they actually get there. So, but but, but we mean, also need to account for for you know the your poll was polling Twitter users, which is fine, and right. I understand what you're, you're you're getting a feel for the general public. But the problem is, is that the teams are run by people that have blood and you know heart sure. in, invest Absolutely. invested into these guys, and that's and that's and that's something to consider because you know I I, I think that. Especially at the time, you would have been hard pressed to find anyone in the Los Angeles Rams organization who would have uh, even entertained the offer to trade uh, Jared Goff for Dak Prescott, no matter how much better Dak Prescott looked in the preseason and then ultimately in the regular season than Jared Goff. Now, if you were to pull the current LA administration, who is a different GM and a different you know whole group, mm, I, I guarantee you they would they, they they wouldn't let you get off the phone until that trade was done. So I, I think that. I, I think that, and that kind of goes into what I my my next point. Going back to what the question was with Cooper Rush, uh, to me, I think that there every team probably has a third quarterback that they like. I think that obviously, just from doing a casual survey around the league, 
uh, our guy it probably is the better the or the best of the undrafted or out of nowhere quarterbacks that might make a roster that wasn't expected to, um, which kind of puts them in the, the range of possibly being a trade worthy asset. I, I, but I don't think that I, I think that it again. I think if Cooper Rush did what he did and was a consensus fourth round or even a fifth down to a sixth round pick, that would be one thing. Because I think that some people would point to their evaluation process and say, well, we did have this on him. It was just kind of this and this and that. I really do think the fact that he completely went undrafted means that people in general are going to, by people, I mean GMs in general will be kind of like look at it side eye and just be like, I'm not sure that that's exactly what it seems to be. That could be a mirage based on their system, that sort of thing. All right, let's move on. Your question from at uh, Kevin Modisett. Give me reasons why the Cowboys defense will be better in 2017 or reasons why it'll be worse. Uh, first of all, hi, Kevin. He's a follower and a big, good bud. So um, second off, um, I think it will be better. I mean, we're a Cowboys podcast. I mean, I, I we could <laughs> argue either way. But I, 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 w- I do think it will be better, and I think it will be better because of uh, – you know, you're, you're you've got a team that, as a young defense, is a little bit more, a little bit older, a little bit more experienced in a good way, not in a older dropping off sort of way, because they're just still so young. Um, and I think that obviously, like the talent that they lost up front, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the talent that they lost in the preseason, in the upfront part of the season, may uh, kind of obviously seem like a net lost just because of, you know, how we valued them by the end of the season. Um, but I, I really do think that you, you added a whole bunch of young, talented playmakers who eventually are going to, you know, develop into what they're supposed to be. And that's going to raise the level of the defense. And I also think that you have a, you really do have a group of people of players now who really fit this defense the way it they want to play it even better than they did previously, and, and, and I would say even especially in the defensive backfield. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? What do you think? I just think there's going to be a lot of turnover on the uh, on the roster. I mean, we've seen that this team has a, you know, basically a brand-new secondary outside of Byron Jones uh, and Skandrick. Uh, you know, they're obviously going to be getting used to a new middle linebacker. The defensive line looks totally different than it does last year. Uh, I... I fully expect them to kind of start out slow on defense, but get better as the season goes on. I, you know, they just played so far above their heads last year. I think they ended up as like the number one ranked rush defense, the number five scoring defense. It's just hard to repeat that no matter who you are. But so they, but they did I that the they, previous year too. You know, that's the thing well, about. I mean, I mean, to a certain degree, it's hard. It was under it's, a little different circumstances, though, yeah, because they. Their offense was so bad that teams didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to get out, and, you know, and shootouts against Dallas. I, I guess, they could I play guess my, my point is, conservative. you're right. In 2015, maybe was a worse example, but but I, I or 20, 2016 was a worse example, but but I, I no 2015, sorry, um, but yeah, I, right. I do think my the overall issue thing is I'm trying to point out is that I really do think that Marinelli makes these guys play above their talent level. So that, yes. I, f- I feel like we're doing this every year, right? Where we're really, really concerned about the defense, and then it kind of is a lot better than we think it ends up being. So I, I just wonder, like, I, maybe I should start 
like hedging that the other way at this point. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm still. Well, of course we. I was gonna say, of course we played this good cop, bad cop. Kind no, of but way. I mean, <laughs> I, I, but, but, but I'm, but I, I, I say that, but I'm torn. You know, like I don't really. I, I think yeah. it's tough for anyone to know for sure. There's a lot of potential on this defense in a lot of different positions, and whether or not any of that pans out, we don't really know. So it's kind of a lot of unknown more than we've had in previous years. That that's probably what it is. Is that there's just a lot of unknown in the defense and it could be really good it could be really bad you know so it's 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 tough until we open up the box it's schrodinger's defense i keep i keep bringing in physics principles but (laughs) we don't know until we observe it what it's going to be so that's basically where we are with the defense uh okay uh from jackson what do you guys think about a trade for tj ward and what would you give up for him yeah, so it was rumored on Tuesday that the Broncos were shopping TJ Ward. I went and checked on his contract because I kind of thought he was going to be this, you know, expensive veteran that, you know, they're trying to get off the books. And his contract's not all that bad. He's got one year left, about $4.5 million. Uh, you know, you can fit him into your cap fairly easily if you want him. Uh, the problem that I have for Dallas is, is he significantly better than. Uh, Jeff Heath at being a free safety and my answer to that is no because Ward is a pure strong safety so do you want to give up a pick for a 30 year old in the box safety that's had a bunch of injuries who is scheduled to hit free agency next year I mean I think he has value Dallas doesn't have a fifth round pick and that was kind of my my spot if I had a fifth round pick I would consider it um, I don't want to give up a four for a guy that might be a one-year rental. I like the player, probably not for Dallas, but I can see another, you know, contending team, maybe in the AFC, looking to grab TJ Ward. I mean, why wouldn't you just re-sign Barry Church? Like, I guess, I mean, I mean, Barry Church costs a lot more money this year, but I mean, not that much of the rest of his contract. I don't think. I mean, he's averaging like five million a year or something like that. I, so. I don't know. Is it an upgrade over Frazier, though? I mean, just as a box safety, is it a, is it that big of an upgrade over Frazier or potentially Woods, who we just got done talking well, about? Well, I mean, that's the thing is you like your down roster guys. You want to see them on the field. And, and, and really the question is, like, if Ward is better, it's not even just if. It's if Ward is better, then also for how long? You know, I mean, how much right. – and, and, and here's the other part of that is – uh, are you bringing in a guy? I mean, you like I said, you let Barry Church walk, and and he's a guy that you really, really liked and were familiar with, and he was your guy. So you clearly must like the guys that you you were either planning on getting or you have back in the roster. So uh, to me, I think that they're not panicking with what's going on here. I I like their safety group. I I don't think that it's in need of a desperate upgrader to give up picks to upgrade. I I just don't think you. You do that unless you need to, and and, and I, I think that's just it's extra, it's unnecessary. And again, and again, especially for a box safety. All right, last one from Pearson. Do you think the offensive line will oh, take man. a step back this year? Uh, I, I'm assuming you gave me this because of my day on Twitter, right? Or no? <laughs> yeah, uh, um, <laughs> I'm kind of evil like that. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I I feel like. See, here's the thing: is that everyone on Twitter, if you listen to this podcast, you know how I feel about the Aleo Collins situation because I feel like I've articulated it better. It's a lot more difficult on Twitter because of you know the character limitations. I, my concerns that I have with Lael Collins is uh, are you know are nitpicking things now. 
Like it's things that I I think he needs to clean up before the you know to get good before the season because I don't you know like the hands to the face thing. The reason that concerns me is because he, it's a thing that he's going to get called for penalties on. It's 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 a technique problem that he's having that the result isn't that he's going to get beat and you know oh no like now Dak's got to avoid a guy or oh no he doesn't get as good a push the 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 the, the side effect that i'm concerned about is penalties and penalties kill drives and when you're talking about an offense that lives and dies with efficiency especially when combined with how our defense plays penalties holding penalties hands to the face penalties i don't care like you know the reasoning or whatever it, th- that's the kind of thing that kills drives. So that's why it's a cons- that's why that is a concern to me. But to answer your overall question, I really do think that you know once they uh, start settling in with with Cooper at left guard, once Lale gets more and more snaps, um, and and again, a lot of this is exacerbated by the fact that they have a terrible murderer's row of pass rushers up front that he's going to have to face. Like that's that very much feeds into my concern with Lale. I don't have concerns that Lale's not going to make a good right tackle. Like that's not what my concern is. Like my concern is that Lale has some lingering technique stuff to clean up, and he may not have enough time before the season starts to clean it up before the before it becomes potentially an issue in the first few games. Um, I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, he I think he's going to be a great right tackle. I, I think if he can clean up this issue, he's got the mentality that you want. He's got uh, – uh, I think people talk about his feet, but to me his feet – he's got incredible feet. He's, he moves great for a big guy. Uh, his, his issues stem from his lack of length and then his the inaccuracy in his punch, which – gives him no room for error with his well his lack of right. length gives him no room for error for his inaccuracy in his punch and um i think he could definitely get it cleaned up i don't think that's a problem at all but the problem is is that while he's cleaning it up he's probably going to get called for penalties so that's where my concern lies for him overall i think that the offensive line will eventually be better than it was um and I think that that probably will happen, you know, they'll probably cross that threshold sometime, you know, in the middle of the season, I would think, after after they start really getting more and more snaps to, with each other, more and more time with each other, and, and really start getting into And honestly, it may after it may actually have to wait for until a while after Ezekiel's back, and they all get used right. to fully being a unit, you know? And, and I don't even worry about the penalties so much, because... If I remember correctly, I think Doug Free even led the team in penalties last year. So you're you're going to have some. He, as he gets better and as he plays more, I'm confident he's going to be able to cut down those penalties. But even if he doesn't, the offense was fine last year with the amount of penalties that Free had. One last quick question, um, and I'll go first. But is there a surprise cut that you can kind of envision – happening on saturday on saturday every team in the nfl by 4 p.m easter time has to get down to 53 players um i think everybody's at about 90 right now i've got one and you're probably going to disagree but uh, one of the guys that i think has a chance to get cut is charles tapper uh, i kind of think dallas is only going to keep eight to nine defensive linemen Tapper hasn't done a ton in preseason. The Cowboys put a claim in for Coney Ely, so 
We know that they're at least sniffing around for other edge rushers. Maybe the Cowboys cut Tapper, chance it to try to get him back on the practice squad and try to get somebody who has a little bit more experience to help them in the first four games when they're out without David Irving and Demontre Moore. Who do you think is a potential surprise cut that we see on Saturday? Well, I, I'd be pretty bad, honestly, if they cut Tapper. I mean, I, I seriously. Could like, you see it though? No, I could see. I couldn't. It, but they, but they could stash him on the practice squad. Every team has ends that they need. Tapper hasn't done a ton in the preseason, or he doesn't have a ton of good film out there right now. It wouldn't shock me, to be honest. I quarterbacks, pass rushers, and certain corners. Like I, I'm not risking on the waiver wire like i just like okay. i mean i mean and, and i especially a draft pick i mean look like like i think that the idea that this this being his own like we saw we oh i've seen enough with tapper like that's i just don't think like i'm we're anywhere near that and um i think he can help you i think he can help you in this game like i, I think he can give you quality snaps as a defensive end week one like I don't think you know he's gonna be getting going out there probably getting a ton of sacks, but I think he can give you snaps while he's learning to get better. Uh, if if I'm talking thinking about a surprise cut, I mean I, I really do feel like I really do feel like that that it, even coming in that this that uh, the 53 man roster was pretty well crafted down to, for the first 49. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I feel like. You got a good solid group of guys that probably aren't getting uh, cut. Um, I, you know, honestly, I think no. I, I can't even come up with the guy. You kind of put me on the spot. I mean, I think if they cut Noah Brown, like which I guess could happen, I would be yeah. surprised. That would be a surprise cut to me because he was a draft pick and because he really has shown out. Um, but I mean, obviously, there's depth at wide receiver, so there's obviously that potential. But what I, about Lewis Neal? That wouldn't be a surprise fight, cut to fight. me. Yeah, but he's fight. Okay, so I think I think he can make the at... team. I I definitely think he can make the team. In fact, I have him right, on so... my on my roster, but I wouldn't say he was a surprise cut. I mean, you know. All right, real quick then, would you rather have Lewis Neal, Jordan Carroll, or George, uh, Joey Ivy? Because it's probably going to come down to those three for one spot. Oh, well, Carroll's not on my team. Like I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't. I have not seen Carroll do anything this entire camp. They're stashing him. But yeah, yeah I mean, he's going to be a stash. That's fine. Guy. That's you know, the, and I think Ivy has an opportunity. Uh, depending on how all this you know stuff works out with the numbers, but uh, Ivy would probably be my fifty third, fifty fourth guy. You know, like, but and and really, I'd only be putting him there because I know Marinelli will probably kill an assistant coach. Otherwise, I don't. So I I just really think that that's the only reason. All right, today on Bleacher Report, I released a, an article on all my 53-man roster predictions, breakdown of all the guys that got cut, analysis on every single one, practice squad. Go check that all out. Uh, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon, at McCoolBTB. You can follow me, at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be previewing the team's upcoming game against the Texans, Uh, on tomorrow's podcast. We'll see you right back here. Thanks for tuning in.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.